My name's Darius. This is the Heart to Mouth Podcast, and you are listening to a very special episode 142. I've got a guest in studio with me today, my homie, my compadre. He goes by the name of Dan Goodman. I like to call him Simba because I met him at a magical place called Camp Reset, and that was his camp name. He sometimes calls me by my camp name, Wolfie. Two E's, no I, in case you were wondering. And for the next two days, he is my housemate. He's here in town staying with me because we are doing this incredible workshop that I want to talk to you about. And that's why he's going to be joining us on this podcast today. A little bit about my homie, Dan Goodman. First thing that pops up is artist. He is an awesome artist that is just dives into the super feeliness of making art for a living. He's a writer. He's a music producer. He's probably 20 other things that I'll let him tell you. (laughs) But most of all, he is a kindred soul that is on this journey with me and some other people in our community. This journey about going deeper into our hearts, opening up, releasing, and having fun while doing it. And so I think how this workshop happened is I sent him and a few guys on a WhatsApp men's group a video. The workshop's called Warrior Artist King. Artist Warrior King. Messed it up, you see? That's why he's here. Dan, say hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I sent this 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 video that my partner Jen sent me and she's like, these are the guys that are doing the, the work, the, the man work, the heart work. And I sent it to maybe 20 guys and one guy said yes. And here he is today. And I wanted to share with you a little bit about my homie Dan and mostly talk about our first day of this workshop. It was quite intense. And I need his help to explain to you a bit about it. So first, let's just just check in and tell me, how are you feeling after today? Um, I'm feeling pretty raw. Uh, it was definitely something that isn't for everyone. Um, but I'm also feeling really unburdened. So let's paint a picture for the audience. What is Warrior Artist King? Damn. Artist Warrior King. No, it's not. No, 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 no. It's Warrior first. I'll bet you money. We're going to check. We're going to consult the interwebs. This is the... Motherfucker's right. The magic. Damn it. Okay. Just like I said, Artist Warrior King. There we go. Tell me, tell me what Artist Warrior King is. Um, Artist Warrior King is an intensive, I don't think it's exclusively men's workshops. I think, um, I think this one, this is. one specifically this weekend was, um, it's really focused on this thing called, uh, bioenergetics, uh, which is a practice of getting into your body and, really exploring on a deeper emotional level um, your wounds, your scars, deeper traumas through physical sensation 
and through um, a total freedom of movement, of play, of expression. And these exercises sort of, I don't know, they set us up to make a, a space and an atmosphere where we can totally let go. Um, yeah, does that just about summarize yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, so full transparency, we are like kind of brain dead, which yeah. is not a bad thing. We are delirious. We are delirious. Uh, this we podcast do. might end in like a total scramble of words but it we're just trying our doesn't best doesn't even matter yeah. I'm, I'm happy to let the brain rest <laughs> yeah. so the two guys who founded it are david sutcliffe and brandon parkhurst uh david you probably know as lorelei gilmore's father in gilmore girls um and a variety of other th- um, shows and movies he's actually a film director too mm-hmm. and this was my first endeavor into core energetics Mm. and so like i've done a lot of therapy head therapy um work Mm. in the past but this was like body as an access point to healing right um 19 guys just men these guys flew in from california yep just outside la yeah and we they led us through a variety of exercises that mostly got us grounded into our bodies like stomping our feet and yelling and connecting with our fellow men mm-hmm. by like staring into their eyes or yelling at each other mm-hmm. you know um and playing really yeah there's a sense of of play that yeah. pervaded through all of it and we were we were even saying like you know there's a there's a consistency of you know uh David um and his partner whose name I, I can't remember Brandon um I don't believe Brandon's an actor but David like we said before is an actor and a film director and you know you and I made the comment driving back and there's so much role play it does feel very adjacent to something that like actors and actresses would do um yeah yeah and what were you hoping to get out of this two-day workshop um a deeper sense of healing uh, a deeper sense of connection with my fellow men um i've always had a quite a contentious relationship with the men in my life and for me it was about truly being able to show up and be present um, and leaving everything really on the line. Um, and you know, I, I, today was, today was a lot. Um, tomorrow might be even more, but I'm really excited that we have people that are going there and showing up to do the deeper work. So tell, tell our audience about today. What happened today for you? For me? Um, well, we started off, um, I'm trying to remember some of the exercises that we, that we went through. Initially, it was just intention setting and saying why we were there. And for me, it was sort of about um, getting, getting grounded, but also uh, fully expressing things, especially negative emotions like anger, um, anger and pain uh, in a way that I didn't feel judged. Um, so 
you know, there was a lot of, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of moments where I was able to take the opportunity to express myself when I saw my fellow brother opening or there was a, there was a kind of, I don't know, um, similarity in our experience and to connect in that deeper level. Um, full disclosure, <laughs> um, like one of my things is I, I grew up with cerebral palsy and it's always really interesting for me to be part of these workshops because core energetics, they have a, a component of physical movement. So for me, and I didn't really get to express it as much, but one of my intentions, my own personal intention was to be in that physical space, express myself physically and not, um, not feel shame or not be totally present with it and totally there. And I think I was able to, you know, I think especially once the music came on in the second half, because there were two halves, we, we had about a 75 minute lunch break. Um, once I was able to move around the room, see the space, get to know people, um, speak to them. Um, uh, especially like, there was this, I think it was the first part where we, we did this kind of, um, it was like we broke off into groups of three and we, um, we essentially, a lot of it was centered around the breath and about using the breath to identify where you feel block it, like blockages and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing in the body. And to express how it feels, we kept going back to this idea of it's not so much important as the story or the analysis, like understanding what something is, rather what something feels like. That was the coolest part for me because yeah. they, they did such a masterful job of taking our long-winded analysis-based, mm. history-based, story-based mm. comments and I don't know if you noticed, but like David would be like, and then he'd take just the moment of you expressing a feeling. Yes. And he'd repeat it. Yes. So you feel, you'd say this long ass answer. My mom did this. My dad did this. And my girlfriend did this. And yeah. my, this happened in my work. And then I'm angry. He's like angry. You are angry. You feel yeah. angry. He centered you in a way that felt like, oh, it doesn't have to be any more complex than this is what is in my body right now exactly and i need to face that and i need to address that and i need to give it a name and i need to let it out and more so i'm safe to let it out if i think it's ugly it doesn't matter because nothing can be ugly in this space that's the thing that that's exactly it like everyone's free to have their experience and lots of times someone would have an experience from a different world than yours, a background than yours. And you'd be like, oh, I see myself in that. Right. But even when you don't, that is an experience. Exactly. You know, so you don't need to, like, that was my experience. Yeah. Where, where one of the men had a feeling and a, a part of choreogenics is like they have these big cushions that yeah. are like, I don't know, like three feet by three feet and yeah. three feet with depth Deep. in them too. Yeah. They're like they, cubes. They yeah, exactly the cubes and they give you this paddle that's padded 
and you just smash it. And that's that's one of the, oh man, it's very reminiscent to breath work for me mm. because it's a biohack again, mm. right? Breath work uses five to 10x the oxygen in your brain to hack the wall your brain has to prevent you from going into your body to find mm. the trauma. When you're smashing something, it's such a body experience yeah. that your brain is overwhelmed with energy and adrenaline. Yeah. And you just like, I fucking hate you. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Go away. Fucking die. And, and the thing is, is that I find, and I'm fascinated by this. Um, and this sort of returns me back to some of the projects that I've been working on, but just this idea of, like it is a form of flow. Like you get into those states and then you find yourself because you've given yourself permission to be as uncensored as possible to say certain things that you don't even know you're saying until you just say them. Yes. But adrenaline and energy and all this has taken over and it sort of just comes out of you. Yeah. And you're like... Where did that come from? You you opened up the gateway. Yeah. And the energy shoots through. Yeah. 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 Which can be really powerful for some. And it's also massively important to understand and see that in this room, men receive it so differently. I don't know if you noticed that, but there were some men that when they saw your pain, my pain, anyone else's pain, they were openly weeping. Then there were other men that were very closed, but they did yeah. other things to express their support, um, which I think is really powerful to have that kind of diversity um, of brotherhood. In, it's a reminder in, in that a room, right? Yeah, they're just different personalities, different yeah. colors, and yeah. like doesn't mean they care less. Everyone's just having their own experience. Yeah, yeah. That was the my big release was around. Someone had was pounding at the the cube, had a big emotional experience, yeah. And then the facilitator David asked if any every anyone who felt connected to him wanted to support him, come stand up and come close to him. And I checked in with myself, and I'm like, I don't feel connected to this guy right now. Right. I'm actually triggered and distant from him, so I'm I'm not gonna just join the group because everyone's doing it. Mm. I didn't know everyone was doing it first. I thought it was like a bunch of us were standing back, but then I look back and everybody was like right. holding him and like, he's like, you know, like they're holding up, up in the air. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh man, I'm left out because I was true to what felt honest. And that felt weird for me. And then Sanjay came by, who's one of the facilitators and just looked me dead in the eye. And he's like, he asked, how you doing? Like I could feel him. He's like so sensitive to energy. That yeah. guy's a fucking magical creature. He's extremely <clears throat> perceptive. And he, I could feel him and I tried to avoid his eyes. <laughs> and then he sat next to me. He's he like a piercing gaze, right? He's like, yeah. How, how you doing? I'm like, good. I'm like, that's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, And he just him. looked me straight in the eye and he said, feelings matter. Oh, it's like feelings matter. You sharing 
your experience is important for the whole group. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, man, what do you want me to do? They're all carrying this guy on their heads and like, mm-hmm. like, what, what am I supposed to do right now? And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I sat down. I'm like, okay. And I thought the conversation was going to go to other people, but then David and Brandon saw me and I said, why, you know, what's going on? And that opened up a whole, whole thing. I had no idea was going to happen. There was a moment where, and I don't know if you're comfortable with me sharing this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there was a moment where I noticed like some hesitance or some, like it seems like you weren't ready to do it. I was very hesitant. So what, what changed your mind? I've created a life for myself where I can identify resistance and still move forward. Mm. And I've seen the benefits of that, of seeing an edge and stepping forward mm, and pushing it. I'm yeah. like, this feels incredible. I just want it to be quiet on the side. Right. And then he's like, do you want to follow this? And then the group is now all looking at you. And he's like, come to the cube. And he asked me some questions and I answered them. And he gave me the cube book, put the gloves on, grab the paddle and just fucking smashed. What was that experience like for you? witnessing that yeah um very emotional i don't know if you saw me i was sort of hidden (laughs) off in the background just seeing someone i love very much um be in not just extreme pain but unleashing an extreme feeling through physicality is both frightening because I don't know, having growing up with, we've both grown up with very aggressive fathers. Um, male violence for me has always been somewhat scary. Yeah. Um, so there was that, but there was also this feeling of kinship and wanting to help you mm. because especially in the, in the <coughs> latter exercises of that he had you do because all I saw was little Darius you know, at eight, nine years old, you know, however um, young you were at that time and knowing you, you, part of your story and just wanting to help you. And it, it really touched me um, emotionally. And, and I, I felt that I felt a kinship with you because I could remember when I was that age too. And we share a lot of similarities in that regard in terms of, you know, how we have had to be strong for our families, but needed care and release from being that kind of armor around everything. Um, so yeah, those were, those were the feelings I felt. And also a sense of pride when you were able to, you know, um, sort of go in this very, what seemed at first like a very compromised position and just go for it. So, so you're talking about when I was on the, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I smashed for a while and like Dan said, it's, you flow like the gates that hide your heart away from the world are opened and something releases. It feels like a dam almost breaking open. Yeah. But when you add that much energy, when you're Mm -hmm. smashing. Yeah. And I said something like, I don't even remember what I said, but it was like 
why do you have to be so fucking different and make my life so hard? Mm-hmm. And then that opened up like, oh, well, who are you talking to? And mm-hmm. and then he invited me to uh, my hard drive, man. It makes so much noise. Even when it's <laughs> fucking disconnected, it's so weird. Uh, it's like a phantom hard drive sound. Sorry, guys. Okay. Gotta love DIY podcasting. Oh, I can still hear it. Right? So weird. Is that it? That little buzzing? Well, now you know. It'll go away in a sec. It's weird. See? Okay, so uh, then he invited me to do something, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, but okay, yes. And he put a mattress on the floor, put pillows around me. What's up? You got the squash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I'm cooking squash. Right. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> Just got to make sure we don't uh, burn the house down no, while no, this squash, podcast squash is made. <laughs> um, mattress, and he just said, go have a fit like you were nine years old. And like mm-hmm. to let that child self-release. Yeah. And there's definitely a massive release of tears and yelling and screaming. My voice is like hurting and my body's hurting because I just had a tantrum because he told me to. But that felt, that was the scariest part. Yeah. Because all of you guys are staring at me and he's saying, feel all the way. Yeah. And you needed a a sense of momentum. So at first I felt like almost like you were, you were trying to force it and you were almost like leaning into it, like almost like you were play acting. But then there came a moment, a switch. I, I felt it where that tantrum became real. You know, it became an actual release of something deeper. And you weren't really judging how you were looking anymore. You were just experiencing both, both like uh, anguish, but like the release of that anguish at the same time. It's really cool, like hearing it reflected back from you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I there's trust with me and like other people. Right. But like we're friends, you mm. know, not, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel safer with you and hearing it reflected back mm. than like, you know, sometimes strangers are just being nice. Yeah. But yeah. And, and so the funniest part of the day for me was, um, imagine like, like releasing like fucking crazy or just before I was about to release, I think David Sutcliffe, am I saying that right? I think so. <laughs> He's over top of me. He's a very handsome man. He's a very handsome man. Puts dude. his hands on my chest, you know, and he's like, <laughs> says something like, it's okay, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, whoa, man, this is so intense. This is crazy. I've never done anything like this. Then in the back of my head, I finally realize this is Lorelai Gilmore's dad from Gilmore Girls. With standing his over hand you. <laughs> on my chest, standing over me, saying, It's gonna be okay. <laughs> I'm like, Am I Lorelai? <laughs> this is so and like all these guys, all these guys are having like there's literally grown men holding me and like standing above me and crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Darius, don't you laugh right now. <laughs> 
leave the Gilmore Girls shit alone. <laughs> See, the thing is, is if you if you <laughs> if you actually if you actually let out some sort of laugh, you would have had to explain it. Because at that point, no one, everyone would have looked at you. Like, what are you like, on? What is wrong yeah. with you? So, um, so it was nice to have some joy and some levity in that. Yeah. That's a moment I will never forget for the rest <laughs> of my life for a variety of reasons. Lorelai's father. Lorelai's father. I, I was in the Gilmore Girls for like a couple of seconds. Um, but anyways, on a more serious note... It was a beautiful moment. We got to witness so many beautiful moments, so many healing moments, so yeah. many triggering moments. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I'm really, the word I would use is intrigued because for me, like so much work was already done today. It just in what the exercises did and what they actually were conceptually that I'm sort of like, what is tomorrow going to be about, you know? Yeah. Um, How full out are you going to play? I want to keep going. Like I'm the kind of person, especially now at this point in my life where if I show up for something, I show up a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to otherwise. I'm really proud of you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Text message went to like 20 guys. And you said yes. Thanks, man. And it's uh Yeah, I'm I'm like constantly blown away by your commitment to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's just like it naturally has developed into like going back to what you said about pushing that edge, right? Like I I, I yearn to just keep growing. Like that to me, like is a really fulfilled life is the growth mindset of just keep exploring, keep questioning, keep pushing your edge. Yeah. Because if there is no edge to push, then that means you're done. And to me, like that's not really what life is about. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have an intention for your second day? I think my intention is not get caught up in my own story I think that's my intention I like that because I felt um like certain traumas and certain certain recent experiences and pains and that sort of thing prevented me from fully being um present for others I I witnessed that. Yeah. There there was a circle similar to mine where the men hovered around you because we wanted to support you and Mm. love you and had deep respect for your bravery. Mm. And exactly. I I called it out during like, we're all here loving you and you keep transporting back in time. Mm -hmm. But this happened and that happened and we're like, but right here, Mm -hmm. right here. Mm Mm-hmm. We love the shit out of you. <laughs> Just the way you are, no conditions. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think for me, like, it's going to be still an ongoing process, right? Because love with conditions, uh, whether it's the last relationship I was in or other things in my life, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a long gestating programming 
that's been happening for a long time. So now that I've acknowledged it for that reason, there's going to be a considerable amount of work and effort that's going to be needed to um, not fix that programming. I'd say, you know, write new scripts. Yeah. Um, so for me, tomorrow it's going to be about trying, not letting my my baggage and my old narratives and my stories prevent me from being there for others. Um, um, because I think that that has always been, you know, I, I relate to but people also through for my story. Being there for you. Yeah. Right? In the, in the present moment, yeah. not fixated on a past version of myself, on a past trauma. I think one of the most profound things you said to me today, of which there are many, of which is why I call you an oracle, is, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but nothing profound or actionable is told from a wound. It's told from a scar because a scar is a wound that is healed. Yeah. And for me, I'm sort of in that transitional moment of taking these wounds of the past, you know, this is the wounds of my whole life really and transforming them so they can be scars. Um, so I can show them to other people openly and with, with integrity and with power yeah. and be like, look at this. This is a scar. This is where my power lies. And this is how I can show you how to heal yourself and how to be empowered. Yeah. Not in a preachy way, no, but I in a, it. in a way that is respecting the experience that I had without giving it a narrative hold over my life. Yes, exactly. And you asked me a really great question and you said, how do you know when you're healed? Mm. And I told you a scar is healed, but if you pick at it, it's going to be a wound again. Right. right. So you're, you're always capable of having wounds. Mm. And I think that's the challenge with some of us. It's like we read things, we go to things, we, breathe things we you know like right. do all the things and then we're healed for a little bit and then we go back to the pattern and pick 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 that scar and then it opens up a, a fresher wound right again right yeah that's i mean that's why i i warm to things like stoic philosophy um so much like lately i've been reading marcus aurelius's meditations i don't know if you've heard uh of that book it's, i've heard i've never read it. it's it it will change your life and i will lend it to you whenever cool. you would like Cool. Um, but essentially, you know, you have the, I don't know what number, Emperor of Rome writing in essentially a journal that will never be published. He's not writing it for an audience. He's writing it for himself. These letters, these observations, if you will, on how to lead a fulfilling life, but also how to live gracefully, how to give... It, the core of Stoic philosophy is this understanding that the only we cannot control many things in this world, and the things that we can control are how we choose to react to the things that happen to us. Mm -hmm. That, at its core, is what Stoic philosophy is all about. And to me, I've been really trying to implement that as someone who used to be very reactive, mm -hmm. understanding that. M 
the power that we have when you recognize that your reaction to any um, trauma is a choice. That's like that's both a privileged place to have, but powerful. to understand that it's powerful. Yeah, exactly. Extremely powerful. I love it. Yeah. Amazing, my friend. That's a wonderful place to end this podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for... We have to do this again. Yeah, we do. This has been cool. Hopefully the squash is not burnt. I'm sure we'll be fine. (laughs) I am excited to share space with you tomorrow. And have Lorelai Gilmore's dad... Give me a hug again. <laughs> You're fangirling is fine. I know you are. So, so hard. So hard. Um, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 142 of the Heart to Mouth podcast with my guest, my homie, Dan Goodman. And we're going to go eat some squash and get some rest and report back tomorrow after the final day of Artist Warrior King. Nailed it. Amazing. See you guys tomorrow. Ciao.